Hello, everybody, and welcome to Retrospective, a mini podcast from the creators of the Game Life Balance US podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Martin, and throughout the rest of 2017 and all through 2018, I'll be playing video games made from sometime between the Nintendo era through the PlayStation era, as well as all the numbered Final Fantasy games. I'll be doing a retro review on each of them as I complete them. Join me as I play some of the games that have helped shape the landscape of modern gaming. If you uh, if you listen to the last Game Life Balance US podcast, we had taken a six-month hiatus and we're back now. And one of the things that we teased on the last episode was that I am going to be taking on this project that I just outlined uh, with that first paragraph here. Um, I am going to be playing a bunch of retro games over the next year just as kind of a challenge to myself is the idea. So this is the inaugural episode, the first episode of this uh, small side project we have going on. The way I kind of envision envision this working is I, I kind of plan on, on playing a retro game, coming here, doing a out of anywhere from 10 to 30 minute podcast on it, just are my own solo thoughts on it and kind of send that out into the world and see how that works. I'm thinking there should be quite a few of these is my plan because generally games of that era tend to go much more quickly than your average game today. So again, we'll kind of see how this works. This is this is kind of my pilot episode just to see how it's going to work. And I think if you also if you also heard in that in that intro as well as if you had listened to the last episode of US um, of Game Life Balance US, you would have heard that the other part of this project is to play through all of the numbered Final Fantasy games, which includes going up and through the more modern games, including like Final Fantasy 12 remake when that comes out for the PC, Final Fantasy 15, etc. So I started this entire thing by playing the original Final Fantasy, a game that I had not actually ever played. So let's go ahead and get into it. Final Fan so Final Fantasy, if you've ever heard Cody and I talk on this podcast, which hopefully you have, hopefully this is not the first thing that you're that you're approaching us um, and listening to or watching. But Final Fantasy holds a very important spot in Cody and my own nostalgia in terms of where we kind of anchor ourselves in our gaming habits. Um, and in what we find enjoyable in video games. And I, I'm fairly certain he'll let me speak for him. In fact, he may even be a larger Final Fantasy fan than me. So to give you some perspective, the first experience I ever had with role-playing games was, I believe it was around 1992 or 93. It was actually at a birthday party for Cody, and he got Final Fantasy 2. It's Final Fantasy 4, but Final Fantasy 2 in the US on the Super Nintendo. He got that for his birthday. And I, like the little jerk kid that I was, completely demolished the box to that game, opening it and getting the tasty tender bits inside uh, out and ready to play. And that night, we played through... I cannot remember how much of that game that we played through. We played through a good amount of that game. And... From that point on, I was just enraptured with the Final Fantasy series. And so, 
I eventually got Final Fantasy IV myself. Um, that was my first role-playing game, baby's first role-playing game. I was probably... 12 or 13 is wrong. I was probably 8 or 9, something like that. Maybe 7. 7, 8, or 9, somewhere in there. And Final Fantasy VI came out a couple years down the road, got that as well. And throughout that that time, I also became more aware of Squaresoft as a developer. Uh, they quickly became my favorite developer. I bought all of their games, or I had all of the games given to me as presents, that kind of thing. And it was awesome. And that was where my true love for video games was, and and frankly still is. I, I have a very soft spot specifically for JRPGs. So I was really excited to start this project and start it with Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy, because again, it's, it is the most important series to me in terms of my my gaming habits, but it's also a series that I feel guilty that there are a couple games that I haven't completed. So I had played Final Fantasy, the original before. I had never completed it. I had played Final Fan. I had never played Final Fantasy II, the original, like the Japanese version of Final Fantasy II. So I'm currently working through that. I've never, I've never completed Final Fantasy III, but I've gotten to the very last dungeon, which by all accounts is one of the hardest dungeons in any Final Fantasy game. So I'm looking forward to trying getting through that. But this is a podcast about Final Fantasy, so let's talk about let's talk about Final Fantasy. So my first experience with Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy, was when I discovered emulation when I was somewhere when I was in late middle school or high school. And at that time it was the kind of it was it was the kind of time on the internet where you had to go to ROM sites and download ROMs one at a time. Sometimes you had to like put a password in on Zofar's domain or something like that to get your ROM. And I as soon as I could I downloaded the entire Nintendo collection of video game ROMs that was available on the internet. And one of them obviously was Final Fantasy. And I remember booting it up for the first time. And keep in mind that this is mid mid to to late Super Nintendo era. So games from the from the Nintendo kind of felt aged at this point. And so I booted it up and I started and it's like, hey, pick your characters, you know, pick your your four character classes. And I was like, that I get I don't understand. Like all up to this point, every character had been chosen for me. They're personalities and their abilities had been already deeply defined um, in Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy VI, and the other Square RPGs for Super Nintendo. So I was, I was like, what is this? So what is this, this choosing my own party type thing? So I'm sure I did it incorrectly the very first time that I tried it. Got into the game, had my party set up, and I remember uh, the, fir the first thing that happens is the princess in this castle tells you, hey, go to this cave and go kill this guy. So you you walk up there in this game and you go into the cave and you start getting into random battles in Final Fantasy. And there's just this really, there are these archaic and weird, difficult to navigate systems within that game. You know, you choose to attack an enemy and if two people choose to attack the same enemy and that enemy dies, the second person's attack is just voided out because that enemy is gone. The spell system didn't make sense to me because it's based on Dungeons and Dragons rules. So at that point, I did not have the patience to get through any of it when I played it back then. And I shelved it at that point, and I have I had literally never tried to pick it back up again. So once I decided I was going to do this, I said, okay, I'm I'm gonna make it through the Final Fantasy games this time. 
especially the ones that are probably more difficult to get through. Final Fantasy 1 being top of that list. So instead of downloading the original version on an emulator, I downloaded the remake of it. So Final Fantasy had a remake back in 2003 called Dawn of Souls that came out for PlayStation for PSP. And the PSP remake got ported to iOS. So iPad, iPhone, etc. So I had bought that iOS version probably three or four years ago when it when it originally came out, never played it. And I said, all right, well, this is probably a good way to do this because I can use it as like a second screen experience. I can watch TV while I'm while I'm playing this game, etc. So I downloaded it. And uh, that's the version that I ended up playing was the iOS version on my iPad of the remake of the NES version of the game. So let's talk about the game a little bit. The game was originally released in 1987 for the NES, and it came to the United States in 1990. So keep in mind, the Super, the Super Nintendo is only a few years away at that point, and it took three years to localize this game to get it into the hands of Americans. And there actually was no European release. So those are, you know, there's, there's United States and, J and Japan, and then there's basically like Europe, the, the PAL versions, which is everywhere else. And that they didn't actually even make one for the original Final Fantasy game. So the first version that Europe was able to get of the original Final Fantasy legally was the PSP remake, Dawn of Souls. Um, and that was in 2003. So the... The game came out in Japan just a couple years after the Famicom was was out, and then it didn't come out in the U.S. for quite a while longer. Um, another little fun fact: it was so Nobu Uematsu, who is the composer of many of the Final Fantasy games, the entire of the entire games, many tracks on on various Square RPGs, um, as well as also other soundtracks for Square RPGs. This was his first Final Fantasy, so he was on board from the very start of the entire series. So this is where he joined on. Um, the story in the original Final Fantasy, incredibly bare bones. In fact, you could almost argue there's none at all in terms of the setup. You create your party of four heroes based on six different character classes. You find out that each of them has been given a crystal. They, or they, I don't know, came born with a crystal. It's inside them. I don't know. It's never it's never explicitly stated. It the four crystals correspond to the four elements that pop up in the games over and over again: earth, wind, fire, and water. And something is sapping the energy out of these crystals, and it is your job to figure out what that is, and and how to stop it. So the game starts off with a really take the context. So let's look at the context of the time, you know, NES games up until this point, um, they, they maybe weren't, you could consider them not necessarily the most complex things. The NES, NES games were generally considered kind of, um, if you wanted more complicated things, deeper experiences, you would generally turn to the PC at this time. Um, you know, console was very accessible. The NES was very accessible to everybody, but it um, it didn't necessarily offer the, the deepest experiences. So this game kind of drops you into the world. You get told, hey, go up to this cave and go 
kill this guy Garland, who is a fallen knight from from the kingdom. Uh, you can find that out by talking to people. He, you know, he's a he's a fallen knight that wants to take over the kingdom. So you need to go take care of him. So you go to this cave and you kill Garland and you come back. And the princess is like, okay, thanks. Now go out into the world and figure out what's going on with these crystals. And you cross the bridge that gets fixed, that they fix for you because you you killed Garland. And the screen fades, and a uh, static a, a static piece of art comes up with a scrolling screen, much like in Star Wars, to introduce the story of the game. And it scrolls and it scrolls and tells you all about the crystals and and what you're doing and and at the time and granted keep in mind I did not play this at the time but what you can imagine that it would feel like this incredibly epic experience to never have this kind of broad open world in a game before and suddenly just be dropped in and said okay like now go explore and figure out figure out the game that we've laid before you without pretty much any any guidance at all. And so you cross the bridge and the whole adventure starts and games did not specifically role playing games like this did not direct you almost at all back in the late 80s and early 90s, more so late 80s. So in Final Fantasy you'll often come to, you'll often just have to kind of stumble upon the, ne the next objective without a, any piece of guidance. Um, so that's, that's pretty interesting. The other interesting thing is that you, as I alluded to before, you create your party out of six different character classes. And the character classes are fighter, uh, it's like fighter, monk, white mage, black mage, red mage, and thief. And the first time you play this game, you don't know it, but those characters will be upgraded to new classes late in the game, maybe three quarters of the way through the game. But you can choose any combination of those six classes that you want. You could have a party, if you'd like, of four white mages to play through the game. And that was a specific des design decision based around Dungeons & Dragons, which this game, Final Fantasy, draws heavily on. And I'll talk about that in just a little bit. So, the very first time I played through this game and completed it, the, just roughly a, a week ago, I had used kind of a standard cookie-cutter party of fighter, monk, black mage, and white mage. It kind of rounds out all of the things that you would need. But there are plenty of um, playthroughs of this game that you can find where people played through with four of one class or uh, two damage dealers of two different classes. So, like, the the... It can add an incredible amount of challenge um, and replayability by having all of those different combinations of classes that are available. Uh, the game itself is turn-based, so if you've played other Final Fantasy games, like me, from 4 on, they used the active time battle system, which is a kind of a hybrid between turn-based and real-time combat. This was still back when uh, the role-playing role games were turn-based combat, much like Dungeons & Dragons. So enemy takes a turn, I take a turn, enemy back and forth. Um, all your actions for your party are chosen up front. All the enemy's actions are chosen up front. And then whoever is fastest, whoever the highest agility stat goes first. It's very basic combat system. There's attack, there's magic, and there's items. That's pretty much it. Um, in the original 
incarnation of this game, Magic did not use magic points, which was a staple. It's a a staple of the series. Fire may cost five magic points. Fire two may cost 10 magic points. Fire three may cost 15 magic points. And you have a pool and each spell generally, you, you cast that spell and it takes magic points from that pool until you're down to zero and can't cast spells anymore. The original incarnation of this game did not have that. What it had was the same magic system that Dungeons and Dragons had. If you ever played the original Dungeons and Dragons or or AD&D, they had a spells per day system. So as your character leveled up, there would be eight levels of spells. And you may start off with three casts of a level one spell and one cast of a level two spell. And as you level up, you may you'll get more casts of those first level spells, second level spells, and eventually unlock the ability to cast those higher level spells. This game was the exact same. As you level up, you get the ability to cast higher level spells. You have to actually buy magic at shops, which is which is interesting. It uses gold then as a resource to buy the spells. And it it means that you're locked out of some spells once they become, until you level up to the point where they can become available. So you may get to a town with level five spells, which is what happened the first time that I played, but my black and white mages had only unlocked to level three spells. So that then kind of pushed me to level up a little bit in the surrounding town so I could buy some of those spells and become more powerful before I moved on to the next dungeon. Um, it is just that. It is it is a very basic combat system, and you go through the game, you kill the four fiends, the four elemental fiends. This is the first game that they appear in. In the remake, that unlocks some optional dungeons that you can do, but 